just an old beat up truck. Some say that I should trade up now that I got some jangle in my pocket. But what they don't understand is it's the miles that make the man I wouldn't trade that thing in for a rocket. <laughs> what they don't know is my dad and me, we drove her out to Tennessee. She's still here and now he's gone. So I hold on. That, nice, is, that is I Hold On by Dirk Bentley. Nicely yeah. done, man. Well done. Very well done. Yeah, I haven't listened to country in a bit, but that's one of those ones <laughs> that just it means a lot. No, that's a, and, and you did it justice, man. It yeah. sounded great. Thank you so much, Scott. I haven't sung since uh, karaoke night before COVID. So. Oh, so it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, wow. Is that a routine for you? Karaoke? It, it, it was before I started a business and, and, and now uh, d- tried to do something with my life. And now you're busy all the time. I am busy. I'm stuck in the construction life, but Scott, I chose it. I, chose I know it. you were texting me and sending. He's like, "Yeah, it's construction." I, I kind of. It's almost like becoming a period now, eh? It's just yeah. like the end of a, se- a statement somebody says in the industry. I say it all the time. Not everyone understands what I'm saying. I know. Eh? They got to listen to this show. It takes yeah. a special breed. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the construction yeah, life. It's and, great. And, to and, and you've driven quite a distance to get here. And I know I suggested the Zoom, but no, not happening. I agree with you, man. 100. percent It's yeah. always a better conversation in person. I wanted man. to see the wall too. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, it looks pretty good. <laughs> the wall that I won't reproduce one day, but yeah. maybe I will reproduce, but I'll do it differently. So it's not yeah. bad. It's not bad in person, yeah, man. No, it's beautiful. Oh, it so thanks beautiful. so much, Scott. I really appreciate it. So I want everybody to know, so we're here, and we're going to give the correct pronunciation, right? Suve. We Sove. Sove. Sorry. Sove. Sove Construction. And it's spelled, even though it's spelled S-A-U-V-E. That's right. It's Sove. Uh, three years. So right before COVID. Yes. Or right at the beginning of COVID. January 1st. 2020 a lot of guys were doing that man that must have been nerve how are we to know we weren't nobody was uh nobody had no clue and now we're i guess behind it yeah <laughs> um i actually was in i was in the carpenters union when i started my business at the start of covid so i was doing the, the carpenters union thing until the summer of 2020 and then i was just like i i can't keep i can't go to someone's kitchen at six o'clock at night and start working. Oh. I need to drop the day job, even though it was like a dream day job, a dream day, like it was a good job. Um, but I was trying to do my business on the side, and it just, it it wasn't right. You know, Scott, that's not going to be the last time that it's going to be a moment like that where you're going to be working away and then you're going to make a decision that's going to yeah. really conflict you, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I had I had a couple friends that had their own business, and they're just like. I actually had one of my close friends. He uh, he's like, "Where are you working, man?" I told him the address. He drove up to where I was working. It was at like six thirty or seven on a Wednesday night because I had already worked my seven to four in the carpenters union. And I remember he he said, "Come out front." He uh, he stepped on my trailer tongue, and he's like, "Are we ready to quit our job?" And I'm like. I don't know, man. And then, you know, I did the, the usual, like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm worried. What if I don't have work? And he's like, you're going to quit your job. And he's like, everything's going to be fine. And he's like, if you need work, I'm here. You have friends that have their own business. We'll give you work. He's like, come on, man, you can do it. Believe in yourself. And then my next day in the Carpenters Union, I was just like, I was I was gone. I no, but you left on amazing terms that if things didn't work out. You could make a phone call. Nope. No? <laughs> no, they um, 
No, I... Um, they just stay waved goodbye? So I was in the Carpenters Union, and um, I was doing a lot. I, I was working for a GC, and they were actually a, a very good company. Um, and a lot of times in the Carpenters Union, you might only work a couple weeks and get, get sent away, but they liked me. So I actually was with them for, um, for quite a while. It was almost a year, um, but I was doing a lot of general labor jobs, um, uh, like just a lot of uh, commercial general contractor work. Like I was doing this, this, sump, this sump holes and, and stuff like that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with, with that, with that kind of work. My dad's actually, uh, has been in the laborers union since he was about 20 years old. You were learning too. Yeah. So there was nothing wrong with that, but I'm, I'm a carpenter. I want to do carpentry. I want to do crown molding. I want to, I want to do trim. And it just in the carpenters union, it's, uh, it's actually the stereotype is real. It is mostly form work. Oh, that's hundred percent scaffolding and form and work. scaffolding. Um, so I was at a point where I'm like, I think I was 33 at the time. And I'm like, I, I'm like, this is a great career, but I'll never, I'll never reach my potential doing this. Cause I'm not, I'm not able to sharpen any of the skills that I'm actually interested in. Um, so I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to quit. And, and that, cause I didn't want to be uh, 45, 50 going, Oh, I should have done it then. I should have done it then. Um, but what happened with uh, my employer was they were a bit slow and they just weren't providing me with enough carpentry uh, work. Um, they knew that you were hungry, that you wanted to. They did. So they, they said, you know, we really like you. Um, you know, there's there's a chance that you could retire with us. They're already uh, talking that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they liked my attitude so much, but I had a, I have a great sense of humor. Um, and I was a great worker. So they were, they were keeping me on doing most of the, like putting up the fences and, uh, cleaning out holes and just the work, the work was okay to make a living, especially at the pay rate that I was making. Of course, yeah. But I was like, I need to be a carpenter. I need to be a carpenter. So, um, anyway, so it was slow. They were keeping me busy. It was the middle of the summer and I had all these, um, j- uh, job requests like in my inbox cause I started my business my Gmail was full, and I'm like, um, I want to do these jobs. I want to do them on Monday morning. I don't want to do them on the weekend. So I said, um, I sent a text message, and I said, hey, um, if you guys don't have any actual carpentry work for me, I think it might be better for me just to do my own thing, and didn't respond. Um, I sent the message around 11 o'clock in the morning, at 2.30, um, they had a general laborer come around, which was one of my good friends. He came around the corner, and he's like, oh, this is kind of awkward, man. I have to have this conversation with you. Um, yeah, so if you don't want to work here, uh, you're, you're, you're laid off. Um, if you have any tools or whatever, you need to take them to the office. So really? that day. So they just shut everything down, huh? Yeah, I think they were a little bit upset that they gave me that opportunity. And you turned it down. And I was like, sorry, I can do better. Uh, it, it, like that is a really, it, it, it's, it's hard to switch. It's not a, a profession, a profession switch. Um, but I can see that there, I could imagine that there's a lot of people with really good jobs, like say a nurse or something like that, but they wanted to, 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 to quit that, to do something. Well, they were probably so used to people hearing what they were saying to you and, yeah. and kind of accepting it. Uh, it was scary. Like it, it doesn't, it, it's not, I don't know if it was. I would, I'd say it, it wasn't a smart idea, but 
I know that you have, it's the cliche, you have to follow your heart. Oh, you had a calling, man. And I think, how did you feel when you kept on seeing all those emails coming in for work? And I love that you were saying, I wanted to start these jobs on Monday, not on Saturday. Yeah. That's, that's, I was, or I was trying to do it at 5.30, so I would work. And then I would, I would have an energy drink and I'd, I'd eat a peanut butter sandwich in my truck, like <laughs> outside their house. And I'm like, okay, I got it. Yeah. Good but, you, um, man. Yeah, so that was that was really tough because I mean, at my pay rate was, it was close to forty dollars an hour pension benefits, and it was only going to grow in pension. Benefits. And it took me eleven years to get into the carpenters union, of me sending my my resume, sending my resume, sending my resume, for eleven years. So how did you, how did you survive all the sweats and like how did you you, you must have been panicking, man? Like, it's that's tough. a big decision. Yeah. Um, I was panicking, but again, I had a I had a support group. I had at least three people um, that own their own construction company, um, and I, and I've had so much uh, support. Like with the downtime, like people always say, "Oh, you must be crazy busy." I'm not. I'm not working 51 weeks a year, you know. Especially in March, pretty slow. Um, but it's just grit, and it's it's not very healthy at times. But I'm so stubborn that um, I've I've survived this long. Um, there's been there's lots of nights where I was just like, "This ain't looking too good." But I'm so stubborn that you just you can make it work. But three you years just, later, you cannot you cannot give up. No, you can't give up. But again, I had I, I had a lot of people around me um, that were able to help me out when times were slow and. Did you have more industry people around you or more personal family? Uh, I would say it was more personal. Okay. Uh, personal. Um, as far as the the industry people, um, they were all entrepreneurs. Like, they had their own businesses. That like They're the only people that are going to tell you to start your own business. They'll tell or you Or it's going to be okay. Yeah. The other people that, that, that work for large companies are like, oh, you're, cra- like, you're crazy. Like, um. I mean, I knew, I knew the hours were going to be crazy. I was okay with that because I was working two jobs. I, you know, I used to, I used to think I'm like, I want to work like Elon Musk. I thought that that's what I actually wanted. I thought it was cool to work, you know, seven in the morning till nine thirty at night. Um, so I knew that the hours were going to be crazy, and I was like, whatever, I'm, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. But it has been at least probably three times harder. Than I thought it would be. Than you ever planned, imagined. Uh, yeah, like the sacrifice. Um, the sacrifice is, it's it's real. Um, but you look like you're holding it up well, Scott. Yeah, I'm at, well, I'm at the point now where it's been two winters and you've we're gone good. you've gone through the ups and downs. Yeah, and the self doubt is, is starting to leave. That's the biggest thing that has ever held me back, and I'm sure a lot of people, um, you know, not discounting your work. That's got to be the biggest and the hardest hurdle out of all of it, eh? Yeah. Like, you know that you've got all this talent and you've got this passion, you've got this calling, and then you still have something just yeah. chipping away at you, telling you this ain't right, this ain't yeah. right. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, it sounds like I'm flip-flopping with, um, you know, I, I quit a really good job to do this, um, but I'm saying it was very difficult. Like, I want to encourage people to do it, to follow their heart, but... uh it really was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be to survive. Um, a lot of late night drives and, you know. Yeah, but th- those drives make you think. Yeah, they do. 
They do. But yeah, right now I'm I'm feeling as good as ever. Good for you, man. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty wild. I'm glad I did it though. I'm I'm 35. I just turned 35 in September. Nice. And I'm so glad that I made I made the jump. I was 32 or I think I was 32 when I when I decided to do it. And can you, uh, can you see yourself what if you would have stayed what you would have been like? You can picture that person? Yeah, well, I know, you know, maybe financially I'd be doing a lot better, but um I'd always be you know, staring off going you know, I, I think I can do better. I can, now I don't. I don't have that. That thought isn't there. Like I sometimes, obviously, do say I think I can do better. I think I can do better, but I'm doing it. Sometimes uh, I get pretty stressed out, and then it's like, wait a second. When I was 22 years old, what did I want to do? I wanted the pickup truck with all the miter saws and all the cool drills, and and I have all that stuff, and I get to do whatever scope of work I want. I can put the price on it. Um, Challenge yourself. So, you know, I just have to remind myself that this actually is what I wanted. I don't, you know. Um, so if, you, if, if anyone out there is thinking about, you know, being an entrepreneur or starting their own business, uh, definitely don't wait too long because I, I don't think that you're ever going to be actually ready. I think it's like having a, a child. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait. Nobody's ever ready. Yeah. Um, my friend Nick actually has a really good saying. He said, you just got to throw yourselves to the wolves. That's the best way to learn. And, uh, yep, I definitely agree with that. Um, but, yeah, it does take a lot of courage, especially if you have a job with pension and benefits. That's that's a hard pill to walk away from. Man. It's it's tough, and I've accepted that, you know, maybe maybe I won't, I re, I won't retire. Uh, but that's fine. I'll just get a wood shop. We'll be all right. That's going to be your retirement. I'll just take my uh, my multivitamins until then. <laughs> Scott, you got me way ahead, but I, I wanted to hear all of it because I know some of it, but I don't know all of it. And I'm, obviously the listeners don't know um, most of it, but it's uh, a lot of respect out you for making that decision. And it's got nothing to do with the unions. I don't have any negativity towards any of that stuff. It's just certain tradespeople are, they're built a certain way. Some are designed for that scope of work that lifestyle which is great and they're happy and they enjoy it others are they want to go down this other yeah, road which and is I'm, a much ch more challenging route man i'm glad i was there uh, i did form work for maybe two years and uh it's very important that that kind of work so i'm i'm, I'm glad i'm glad that i did it but definitely not not to stay there i gotta give everybody the deets here man so it's uh triple w s a u v e c r e a t e s dot com uh, Sove. Sove Creates. Sove And it's Scott at Sove And uh, I just wanted to give a shout out. I just realized, yeah, so I'm always wearing a different tea of anybody that I know that has reached out or sent me. I got stacks and stacks of teas. And today I'm wearing uh, Upward Doors uh, tea, garage doors and everything like that. I also want to just uh, thank you for the tea. Uh, but I also want to do a little shout out. I don't know if you heard a recent show where... For whatever reason, I think it was talking to Dennis, no, Derek, about Schluter, and we were trying to figure out where Schluter was made, and we didn't know exactly where it was made. And then Simon and Pat got back to me, and then they started sending me the, uh, some text messages, and they were kind enough to remind me that Schluter Dietra is made in Plattsburgh, Jersey, uh, and then Curdy is made in Beamsville here in Ontario. Oh, wow. 
And uh, then I was kind enough to basically tell them, kiss my ass. I don't need to know this information. You guys need to know this information. I just take your products and I make magic with it. That's what I do. Okay. So they were just a little upset that I didn't know this stuff. So once again, Simon and Pat, you can kiss my ass. All right. But there's a cheek for either one of you guys. Okay. So I just want to also let everybody know that uh, we've got a lot of interesting guests coming up. Uh, lots of interesting, like we got all kinds of architects, engineers, designers are coming on, kitchen fabricators, all kinds of tradespeople, all kinds of tradespeople. And, and I love having new guests in here and, and just getting to meet them for the first time and talk to them. So everyone just pay attention that there's a lot of shows coming. And if you want to come on the show, also info at theconstructionlife.com. And if you want to send me a tea, it's always an extra large. That's all it would be. And I'll, I'll throw this shirt on and I'll wear it and, uh, and you'll see it on a show. That's it. So let's get back to you, Scott. I want to talk a lot about you and what's going on. And uh, what's been the biggest challenge in the first year? When you made that first decision and you were still having that person talking to you saying was this right was this right actually once i once i did it so i i uh i made the leap in july uh i was so busy i didn't even really think about anything it was work i had all these jobs lined up um i actually had started dating too uh in june and i warned her um on our first meet we, we went for a walk and i said um i just started my own business it's going to be it's going to be bad. Like I'm going to be working like 90 hours a week. She's like, that's, you know, I, I, I admire that. That's fine. I respect that. Well, my first year there, um, I was working almost every single weekend, every evening. I was so busy, um, in the second half of 2020 that I actually, I didn't really have any problems, um, because I was so busy. What happened was that December turned into January and it was my first winter. Um, and things really, really slowed down. Um, I, th I think maybe it was March. I don't even think I worked. So 20, no, 2019. So 20, 20, 21. 2021. Yeah. So my first winter, um, I went a month where there was no work at all. And, you know, I had a little bit of savings. No emails, no nothing. Like nobody was reaching out. Um, I might've had a couple emails, but, um, I remember, I think I made $0. I now I had some saved, but how did uh, that feel? I was like, well, I, I, I was I was prepared for it, and I knew that that was that that's the greatest fear when you start your own business is, you know, there might not be work. Uh, now, thankfully, I don't have any children, so not I mean, yet. not yet. So that that was helpful in that situation. Um, it was tough. Like I said, I went for a lot of drives. Like, just to clear my head, I'd go and get a coffee and put some music on. Uh, go for an hour drive in the country or whatever. And then every time I get back and I'm like, just keep doing it. Just keep trying. Like, you can't give up. Um, so. Were you telling that stuff, those words, were you telling those words to you before getting to the job, during the job, after the job, like your, your work day? Where, where was the focus of attention on that, that? Don't give up and just keep on moving forward. Uh, I, I think that it only happened when I, when I would start panicking about being slow. Um, because if I was working, then I wouldn't th be thinking about that stuff because your focus on the, yeah, state. I would, I would, and flow state, uh, people talk about flow state. It's, it's so easy. I feel like now th this might just be for me, but since I started my own business and work for myself, I don't look at the time flow state almost every minute I'm working. Maybe that's not an actual like scientific flow state, but I'm not worried about the world. I'm not worried about time. 
I'm, I'm there. I'm right in there. Yeah. Um, so the only time that I would have that, I guess you could say self-doubt, would be the nights where I didn't have any work lined up. Um, but I didn't want to get desperate. Um, uh, there's nothing wrong with Kijiji. That's where I started my side stuff. But I just, I, I told myself I'm not going out there. I'm not doing the cash job. That's why I started my own business because I wanted to, I wanted to advertise Sobe construction. Um, you know, I didn't want, and I wanted to charge HST. I don't know if that's anything or anyone's ever said that before. I wanted to be able to promote my business. Whereas, you know, doing those cash jobs and stuff, I could never, I could never promote myself. Um, so I was like, I'm going to stay away from those people. Um, and, um, I tried to do word of mouth, but because I was starting my business, I was so new. I didn't have that much. You didn't uh, have that network at that point. Yeah. But when I, when I was really slow, I just told myself, you know, and again, I, I don't want to say that there's not great workers on Kijiji. I just told myself when times got really hard, just trust the process. Don't get desperate. Don't sell any tools. You know, that was hard too because I've got about thirty thousand dollars in tools. <laughs> I just told myself, just trust the process. Um, but that's I'm I'm extremely stubborn. Like it's really suffering. <laughs> it helps. It helped me. It helped me survive. Help you get through it. Yes. So um, when you had the first batch of emails come in. Were you still bidding on that work or they were basically just saying, no, Scott, we want to hire you. We're ready for you. Um, like in the, uh, in the slow times. Yeah. Like were, were they coming in or where did you start Th to tender? There, there wasn't that many emails coming in, but there was a lot of, um, oh, we're just, we're just want to see. So this is, this is where the experience, uh, helps with the <clears throat> tire kickers. Um, I had a lot of that going on. They were just trying to see. So I, act, I was looking at a lot of jobs but not getting hired and a lot of them are decks. So for the spring, for the spring, for the spring. Um, I don't specialize in every, anything like specifically. So um, it was, a, there was a lot of decks and just a lot of jobs that it just, it just didn't, it just didn't fabricate into, into getting work. It was just, it was a really crappy winter. Um, but in that time, I obviously did price some jobs out for the summer. And then, so all of my jobs last summer um, were jobs that I landed during that slow time. So I guess I can't say that it was a, you know, a full zero, a full loss uh, in that winter time because um, I, the jobs that I worked in in the summertime were actually ones that I, I priced out in the winter time. You already started planning. Yeah, but I, so from what I'm learning is the jobs that you're doing in January and February, March, you're actually pricing those out in the fall or summer. Yeah, so September, almost I just, six months out, right? Yeah. Again, no, that was my first, like really that was me going into my first winter. I'd only been in business for six months and I didn't want to use any pictures or anything from previous jobs um, because I got into the, I know we can, this is probably a separate conversation, but I got into the trade in 07, um, but I didn't want to use any pictures at all because it wasn't my work. It was, you know, the group's work. Which is respectful. I mean, yeah. a lot of people don't do that. And um, this is another thing that I really struggle with is, is having too much pride for those slow times. I said, you're going to suffer. Instead of uh, be, being like, hey, uh, I'm a little slow to my friends. Do you mind if I, if, if I work for you? I've done the same thing, man. And like when it's got a, like a quiet period, I'll start reaching out to friends that have been bugging me for, for years and years going, can you do this? Can you do this? And I'm like, oh, I'm ready to do it now. 
Yeah. And they're, they're actually very happy to take me on. And then all of a sudden I get past that hump. Yeah. I just, um, yeah, me, uh, being too proud isn't a good thing mm. in those situations. And I, and I was, uh, and every time that I mentioned that I wasn't working, they would get upset with me and be like, why didn't you call me? And I'm like, I'm, I'm just proud. I want to, I want to do it on my own. You know, I want to do it on my own. I think I did it because I, they knew I set the parameters. I told them, I go, listen, let me play a little bit. I get an opportunity to try something new, give it to you at an incredible discount. And then I'm busy. Time goes by and I get to the next project. Right. So it was kind of like um, it worked. It worked out really well. I wanted to ask you that March month. That was the worst. Yes, that was the worst so far. Yeah. Did you? turn to anybody that you spoke to at the very beginning and go back to them and go, I'm having this really, really bad month, man. I stayed silent and I was like, you're going to, you're going to suffer. Honestly, Scott, I think it was a good thing that you did that, man. I think you have to suffer in silence and just figure out, let that moment come to you. Um, I don't know if I would recommend if that would be my advice to do what I did. But again, I had some savings from, from all that work in the summertime. Um, again, I look up, I looked up to Elon Musk a lot, his work ethic. And I'm just like, if he can, if he can do it, I can too, you know, sleeping on the couch and, and coding 22 hours a day or whatever he did. And getting that deal that basically yeah. allowed him to survive on literally on the 11th hour, uh, which was absolutely, I saw the documentary and I was just like, this is insane. That's stress beyond stress, man. Yeah, he has a quote. It's uh, starting a business is like chewing glass and walking to, into the abyss. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. <laughs> but again, I'm, I'm a very stubborn person. I'm trying to get better at it. Um, stubborn and, and, and very proud. And But stubborn to build your brand and build your business. Yes. But not stubborn that you're not willing to work with individuals and, and work with them. Yeah, I was just trying to grow my... I was trying to grow my, my brand and I was just... At the time, I'm like, I have to do it on my own. I have to do it on my own. And now I realize that, you know, those people that, that offered, they want, they want to work with me. I thought that it might look bad on me that I'm, you know, doing subcontract work. No. But because I'd also, be, I'd only do the subcontract work for, for my friends. It's so fun working with them. Um, but it's just getting over, over that, uh, being too proud and, and, and being stubborn. But the stubborn is good for the quality, though. Yeah, 100%. That's where I don't want to lose it. No, it's totally true, man. Um, I want to share a little bit of history here, Scott. Uh, hardest woods in the world. Is this the right one? This is the right one for this one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, here's some hardwoods in the world based on the hardness of strength of the wood, uh, pounds per force. Uh, willow leaf red cabra. Cho? Cho? Is that what it is? Okay. 4,570 pounds of force on that wood. It's a hardwood tree native to Argentina and Paraguay and can be up to 24 meters tall, 79 feet. It's insane. I haven't even come across any of that wood. Uh, second one is uh, Bro A, which is 4,800 pounds. Flowering plant native to Brazil, member of the cashew family. I love cashews. Uh, and then the third one is Australian Boo Oak. Boo, boo Oak? 5,060 pounds. Actually, that's the number one one. All right, it's an ironwood tree and native to eastern and southern Australia, the hardest wood in the world. Wow, ironwood. 
Ironwood. I did not think it was that hard. Five thousand pounds of force, man. Hmm. Um, it's what would you like? No regrets, right? You can't have any. Oh no, whatsoever. No, 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 no regrets. There's no time for it. No, there isn't, and that's why I had such a good job. Like, I, I, I don't regret anything. No, you can't. No, I, I should have done it sooner. Um, I started to get the sparkle in my eye around. I would say 22 years old, and uh, I'm going to be honest. What got me into it was homes on homes. It's just the truth. That's got nothing against that. that no. That's what yeah. what got me into it. Yeah. So you were watching it at that age. Uh, yeah. So I would have been, uh, yeah, 22 years old, uh, and then it just it slowly started. I bought my first Makita, how you say it, <laughs> uh, circular saw, and I got some Fat Max levels. I still have them. I still have the saw. And I just, and then I start. I was, I, I was uh, primarily a framer. I framed houses for about eight and a half years straight, just framing houses. So I mean, framing houses, Makita, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, the the best saw, like, and yeah. I, th- it's the old ones. Like, I think they, they had, they might have had a switch for the light on the top of the handle. Um, I don't remember. They might have been the newer old ones, but okay, okay I got it. Yeah. So yeah. everything else is outfitted with Makita. Uh, Right now, like currently, oh no, I'm the rainbow. Oh really? Yeah. You're gonna be upset with me. The only no. thing, the only thing I don't have is Bosch. <laughs> I got the There's laser. There's no reason, man. It's whatever works for you. I, I got we, the laser. We la- joke about tools all the time, man. Yeah. So what do you got a mixed match of things? Uh, well, if you walked into my trailer, you'd say holy red, but that's primarily because of the packouts. Oh, everyone, I got packouts. And then the seventeen thousand Milwaukee batteries I have, and most of it is Milwaukee. Um, and it's funny cause I say, I don't like DeWalt. I make fun of DeWalt people. And then I got the DeWalt 12 inch miter saw. I got the battery. Uh, no, I oh. actually, I, so I had a battery powered Milwaukee the, when it first came out, the 10 inch Yeah. back when it first came out in like 2016, but I bought a Festool dust extractor and I was annoyed because every time I hit the trigger, I'd have to turn the, this is first world problems right here. So because it was cordless, I'd turn it on and then I'd have to turn my vacuum on. So I told myself, yeah. I'm going to get the power. Which is so convenient. Yeah. Um, and I actually was going to buy the Bosch. I think it was it called Axial Glide, the 12-inch. Yeah, I have the 10-inch. Well, I was going to buy it. I was like five minutes from purchasing it. And then my friends are like, that thing's going to get destroyed bouncing around in your trailer. The DeWalt is, you know, it's, it's so tough. It's, I, I'd agree with you on that. I think you can beat the crap out of the DeWalt one, and it's still going to give you a pretty good cut. Yeah. So I have the DeWalt 12-inch uh, saw uh, cor- uh, corded. Um, I have a DeWalt, the, the big table saw. Uh, I have the DeWalt power inverter, which is amazing. I was going to either buy the Honda inverter, the, the red generators, or that. And I'm like, well, if I buy this, then I don't have to deal with any fuel. Um, and it runs my table saw, my track saw. It runs everything. The only thing... What do you got track saw-wise? Makita? I have a Makita. Makita. Yeah. I got... Uh, most of my woodworking stuff is Makita. Um, majority, though, is is Milwaukee. And... But I do have... I have everything. Like, I actually have everything except uh, Bosch and, I guess, Matabo. Um, they're really pushing it these days. Matabo? Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I've got... I've already got everything. I'm not really interested in buying like 13 of the same impact driver. Can I ask you, have you, uh, cause I've got my own 
opinion, have you spent a lot of money on new tools this year? I haven't. Uh, I bought nothing but blades. I um, Accessories, strictly accessories. Only accessories now. You're um, not the only one. There's a lot of trades that are not buying a lot of tools. But I've been, I've been accumulating all these tools since, you know, I started the, the, the side jobs um, when I was 22. Um, actually, when I started my business uh, in 2020, um, I started getting better, like, I'm like everyone else, you know, I had a few rigid tools and then, you know, oh, upgraded to the me. Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I started like getting the, the brushless versions. Um, but yeah, I, uh, the first time I've ever been inside of Atlas and Saga tools today. And I'm like, this feels so weird because I don't, I don't need anything. <laughs> it felt good. But then I got angry because I'm like, I can't, there's nothing I can buy. Well, so. were you close on? I, I should maybe... Got, no, no, I don't need it. I should, no, I couldn't. Uh, no, it was, I just don't need it. I don't, don't need, need it. it. Yeah, the only thing that I want is the Stabila 180L, which is the layout laser oh, okay. uh, for squaring up. Other than that, I don't need anything except blades. So I got blades. But uh, yeah, that's a good feeling. Are you finding that you're maintaining more instead of wanting to buy more? Oh, yeah. I think that's just with maturing. Like... I think the 20-year-olds, man, yeah. they just love buying new tools and they won't maintain it as much. And yep. I don't even think most of the 20-year-olds are sharpening all their blades. Uh, I haven't, and I'm, I'm going to try it. I don't know if it's just Windex works. I heard Windex works. To, you just spray Windex on the blade to, to clean it, sorry. Oh, to clean I it. I guess cleaning it makes a huge difference. I've never even tried. because well, you get a lot of gum and yeah. sap and all kinds. I've never of even cleaned a blade. I was still impressed with, was it Gary? I think Gary mentioned it about the oscillating blades that you can get them sharpened again. Yeah, I've heard uh, mixed reactions. I haven't done it yet. He, he Mixed does reviews it. with doing that. Because I guess there's only so much you can sharpen it before it just becomes a beaver. It's just, <laughs> we're so spoiled now with, with tools and blades. Like, I thought that I had, you know, I was using the Diablo blades uh, for my, well, mostly all my blades. And then my friend Nigel's like, you should be using this blade, and he throws it down. It's a CMT orange tools. Yep. Yep. It's got like counterbalance things yep. in it, and I'm like, what the hundred? Tony the Timber Taylor. The hundred dollar blade wasn't good enough. Now I'm using an inferior blade. It's just when is it going to stop? I, I got know. a Bluetooth planer. Like, I don't even know what that means. What do you mean a Bluetooth? Planer? It's got the chip in it so that when you turn the handle, if you're hooked up to your dust extractor, it'll read it. it? It'll turn the vacuum on to to collect your chips. But it's only a $99 chip you got to put in it. Makita? Yeah, it's Makita. That's their technology? Yeah. Milwaukee's never really took off eh, their technology. Um, I know Bosch's never did. Their one-stop or whatever it was. What was it called? I can't remember what it's called. I'm not sure. I do. I follow someone on YouTube, and uh, it's like he's into the truck scene. Anyways, that doesn't that doesn't matter. But he's, he uh, has his own construction company, and he said, you know, DeWalt's usually the first one to come out with something. And then he said... Milwaukee's usually the, they're the next, and it's usually pretty good. It's like a neck and neck every time with Dwalt and Makita all the time, and then Makita's. Or sorry, Dwalt and, yeah. and Milwaukee all the time. Yeah, and then Makita's just on the sidelines, going, "You're gonna either buy us or not." It's, Have you ever looked at their actual catalog? Oh, it's it insane. is ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, I think they actually have a mechanical catalog. It's just <laughs> it's crazy. Like, they'll design anything, and it it's it actually I would say from like. Uh, whenever Milwaukee came out with the red lithium batteries, Makita pretty much from where I live, which is Kingston, Ontario, Makita just like disintegrated. No one used them. Milwaukee just took over probably until like recently till like 2017 or something like that. Um, and now it's like all brands have a lot of good stuff. 
because I, I was upset because I was a Makita. I was Makita everything, everything. Like I used to, I used to look at the co- catalog on my break and I'm like, man, you guys see like, the new concrete get that, vibrator? Get that. Get that. Yeah. Um, but now there's, it's, it's just crazy. There's so much. It's just a tool that works for you and you've got a scope of work and you got a detail that needs to be done and you know that this will take care of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter that not your, your whole truck is in teal. But you learn, I think you just learn that through maturing experience. Now I just, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still haven't done the Festool thing. I don't, I, we probably shouldn't even talk about Festool. No, we could talk about I mean, I've got a Festool uh, Planex. I love it. I oh, use yeah. it all the time. I use it probably just as many times on the, to clean up plywood before I'm putting down finish flooring. I, yeah. I use it on a 36 grit. I love it. I go to Tony and I'll grab a pack of 36 grit and, and I use it there. I've used it on stucco, removing that. I mean, their vacuums are amazing. I don't need the brand new ones with all the lights and the bells and the whistles, yeah. the Fast and the Furious version that they have. Yeah. I, don't I got the extractor. It is amazing. Yes, yeah, like they're good stuff. I'm not a fan of their miter. I'm not a, fine, a fan of their stand. I think Milwaukee needs to create a proper table saw. Yeah. I don't think if they'll ever do it. But I don't know if the... Um, they don't really. I don't know if a DeWalt or a Makita or a Bosch person is going to actually say, okay, I'll, I'll get that Milwaukee right. table saw. I don't think that'll ever happen. True. Right. So I think that's you, you choose one. I know people are. I, I love my table saw. Right. It's Bosch. I love it. I, I work it. I, the Dewalt one's okay. I've never tried the Makita one. I know that Gary and other guys live by the saw stop ones, the workshop ones. The Makita is just not. I don't see it anywhere like where I live. Like it's it's slowly actually. Home Depot is getting a little bit better, but like the Makita is just not really there. Uh, now Lowe's sell. They've got a lot of the Metabo stuff. I just seen they they like redid their stores. Uh, locally where I live, and it's like green everywhere. They've got flex. Flex is pretty huge right now. But flex is, um, I, I'm trying to remember who. It's yeah. somebody else, man. I'm not sure. I just, I was a little bit upset that Makita went away f- for a little bit, and now it seems like, you know. Makita doesn't want to play. They just don't want to, they don't care about that game. Yeah. They really just do not care. They leave it up to Milwaukee and Dewalt to duke it out. And which is exactly what they do. They duke it out, right? So I'm just assuming Union Carpenters will mostly be yellow. Oh, Union. So it's Hilti. Hilti. Oh, oh, commercial. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there you go, Carlito. I know. That's exactly what it is, uh, right? Yeah. It's Hilti, pretty much. And do a little bit of DeWalt, but it was mostly Hilti. And it was pretty sweet actually using Hilti in real life because I'd never seen it before on the job site. And then it's like my first day in the Carpenters Union, I was using all the Hilti stuff. That's big, man. Yeah, it's nice. So that was also hard to walk away from. <laughs> That's all right. That's I all made right. up for it. I got it no, all. No, you got all Makita and everything. Yeah, and I got everything. It from there, man. Yeah. So are you, you're not working. In the beginning, you were working all by yourself. Uh, I still am. You still are, really? Yeah, I'm solo. Yeah. And you're not subbing out anything? You're, not, you're, you're still taking care of all of yourself? Uh, yes, but I, um, I pretty much only stick to the carpentry right now. Um, I've yet to do a job where I bring on electricians and plumbers. I've been, I've been just, I've been staying small, but that's not going to stay that way forever because, you know, now I don't want to grow my business, you know, I don't want to, um, I do want to grow my business, but I don't want to scale it to the point where I'm just driving around in the truck with the fancy shoes. Uh, so I'm just, I'm, I'm starting out super, uh, small and then, you know, work my way up. And I th- I'm definitely at the point now where, you know, we can start doing some bigger jobs, uh, bringing some more trades in. Um, but being going sm- uh, small, it really limits me. Like, I mean, 
what's the biggest beam I can lift? You know what I mean? For like doing a covered port, uh, covered deck or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? See, my first year I was all by myself and I just got so tired of talking to myself. <laughs> I, I wanted to have conversations with other people other than the clients. Yeah. So then I started expanding and I'm like, okay, I need to hire this. I need to hire that. And then you had more people and then all of a sudden you slowly get off the tools, but that's eventually what's going to happen to you. Right. Yeah. You have to face that. Not necessarily grow to the point where it's like you're a huge franchise now. And then, yeah, you definitely don't want to be the person who just doesn't get dirty at all. You still want to show up on the site. There's nothing wrong with doing that. That's like more of a business thing. Um, Maybe I suck at business, but I just want to keep the belt on for as long as possible. But I'm sure most carpenters are like that. They're exactly like that. Yeah. I mean, you're still young. I, I want to ask you a personal question. Is is the girlfriend still around? Yeah, she is. So she saw the 90-hour weeks or? Yeah, she's still here. Good. It's been tough. Like, that's why, like, the sacrifice has been spent lots of lots of weekends screwing down deck boards, you know, and, and we're really into nature and, and hiking. And, you know, she'll go c- canoeing by herself or she'll sleep out in the woods in her hammock by herself. And I'm out there, like literally cutting deck boards and, mm. and just working on the weekend. So that's really tough. Um, it's tough mentally to be like, why am I, why am I working right now? But it, you have to sacrifice, like you have to sacrifice in order to have your own business and be successful. Uh, it's, it's a balance, Scott. I think it's like, you gotta don't sacrifice too much that you forget to build your relationship. You build your personal. Yeah. Like you don't throw that away as well too, right? Like as yeah, much I as you love construction, you got to still love what's going on outside of construction. Balance is, it's the biggest battle. Yeah. I've always been like 110 or zero, you know. It's unfortunate. I mean, this has been an interesting year because I get a lot of people reaching out to me and there's been a lot of people that have gone through divorces, separations. And I mean, it's also obviously pandemic related or what have you. Um, but there's been a lot of that going on and I guess people just saw different sides of the relationships and they just didn't realize. I cannot believe that she stuck it out this long. Cause there's been some, like I've went on stretches where I worked for th- three weeks straight, like minimal, like we don't live together either. So that's super hard. Um, like sometimes I just wouldn't text at all during the daytime. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard on. That's vicious, Scott. You can't do that, man. <laughs> I'm not a couples therapist, no, I'm man. Getting, no, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. That's <laughs> just oh, a simple text, man. A simple text or yeah. something, right? Flow state, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's good that you guys. Well, you gave her the heads up, and she totally respected it, and she understands it, right? Yeah, but I can't use that as an excuse no, all the time. No, and you shouldn't. No, no, you got to come up with new ones. Yeah, <laughs> balance. So it's like I never even believed in it until. Um, in the last year. <laughs> are you getting, are you seeing that? Are you visualizing that balance now? Yeah. Well, I, I don't work weekends anymore. I don't work evenings. I completely stopped that in like um, recent, like probably July of this year. Um, and every weekend now, I just, we go out in nature, crown land. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Don't mess with the phone really. Um, but with that being said, so the summer, I took the weekends off out in nature. Then my business started, like my correspondence uh, suffered because I'd get back on Sunday and I'm like, ah, I don't really feel like, you know, doing that estimate. So again, it's balance. You know, I went from working too much, um, not having enough personal time to taking the personal time and then saying, oh, I, you know, I deserve a rest. I deserve to go out in nature and, you know, disconnect. Did any clients hint? So 
Uh, I've been pretty lucky. I um, I'm usually would come into an email and say, I'm so sorry about the delay, all this stuff. But it's like, I'm sick of saying I'm sorry. You know, I feel bad that it, so I feel bad. Sometimes it could go three weeks without me getting back to someone. And it's like, that's just honest. And it, it really, it's heavy on me. Um, because I know, but you know, I'm trying to work on, you know, I'm trying to work on this and, uh, it, I neglect my business. So again, it's balance. It's a huge balance. It's balance. It's like, yeah, you got to figure out. That's my hardest thing with, with my business is my correspondence. Like I'll, I'll, I'll get tired. I'm like, I'll do it in the morning. And then the morning comes and I'm like, yeah, you don't want to let somebody else help you with that. You're not ready for that? I don't know. Like, how are they supposed to know how that I'm going to? Just in between. It's like they'll follow up and they'll, you know, he's currently really busy working on this. We're just touching base, saying hello. Just as long as there's a line of communication. Yeah, my girlfriend's offered about a thousand times. Let me do it. I'm like, no, I'm too proud. I'll do it myself. (laughs) I'm just going to say, take her up on it, man. That's like, trust me. It's, uh, it'll benefit you. Yeah, I've sacrificed so much to have this this brand, this reputation, and it's like I don't want to lose it. You know what I mean? Like, especially I feel like you should be getting back to the clients in seven days. I think that's reasonable time. I mean, depend like some jobs, obviously that's way too soon, but that's uh, it's just been the balance has been um, what I've been trying to work on uh, this year, twenty twenty two. Still got a lot to go, but no, it's every day. It's construction, man. So what are your I, I figured that the wheels are spinning and you're wondering what's going to happen for next year. And you're hoping that March is not going to get worse than previous March. Um, to be honest with you, I haven't really thought about next March. No? No, I haven't thought about it. We'll get, we'll get there and I'm sure everything will be okay. You know, more belief. More belief. That's all it is, eh? That's all I need. You know, shoulders up and just, it'll be all right. We'll do it. Winter's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It's always fun. Yeah, I like it. Clients and everybody, everybody trades why they're all trying to get as much done they can get done before. Then we get into that month of January and we get those little warm spells. We get yeah. some sunny days. They're cold, but sunny. Yeah. And then we get that really bitterness in February and then things start to turn in March. It goes by fast. We're like so March. used to it. I don't like March. No, I know. March is not my favorite. It's either, always man. been the toughest, even in the Carpenters Union. Really? Huh? Yeah. I remember I, I'd worry about Christmas. And my uh, my partner is what just what you call him. He'd be like, ha, "Wait till March," and he laughed and walked away. I'm like, "What's that supposed to mean?" And then March. So but hey, I mean, what am I going to keep crying about it? You know, no. I'm just I can't wait till next March. That's the way I'm looking at it now. I can't wait. It's going to be good. <laughs> Ten years from now, Scott, how do you see it? Ten years from now, so you'll be forty five. Forty five. 10 years on your own, you finally found a balance, probably family. Yeah, family. Right? Family. Hmm. Big steps Probably should have thought about that before I came here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I mean, like, to tell you the truth, man, the next 10 years are going to be a big deal. Yeah. Right? It'd be be nice to mentor someone. I definitely know that I'd like to... To have someone. There's lots of kids out there, man, in their 20s that want to speak to people like you. Yeah. Right. They're probably even listening right now because they're probably in the same boat, same step. They're thinking, should I, shouldn't I? Oh, do it. 
It's tough though. That's what that's what I wanted to say. I, you have to do it. You have to do it. I don't think you're ever going to be ready, uh, but there is going to be some suffering in there, and that and that sounds pretty gloomy, but but that's where you learn. Yeah, that's what makes you better. I never change. My quality is never, ever, ever, never has never changed. It didn't matter if I didn't sleep, if I wasn't working. It was my first job in a month. If it was late, uh, you know, if I was financially struggling, my work never changed, my quality. Your mentality, the way you went in. Yeah. I'm the same way. I've had bad jobs that have gone really bad, and I still went and finished it. I didn't cut the corner. I didn't say, okay, I don't like you. I don't like how you're treating me. I still finished it. I still finished it the way I said I was going to finish it because that's me. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So in, in three years, I guess, um, is there a particular favorite job that just stands out for you? That I have had. Um, actually, it was, um, I did a cabana last summer, um, which was pretty cool. Um, um, I did everything. I did the, I did the, well, obviously I did everything, but it was just cool designing it, uh, changing the design. It was a really weird shape. Like the backyard, just the way it was, it was a really Really weird shape. Had was a weird it a square, rectangle, octagon. It, it was a. I don't know what it was. It was a bit of every, everything. Okay. Geometry wise. Okay. Um, and it was just such a challenge to get challenge to get into that space. And I designed it in SketchUp, which is awesome. Lots of guys use it. I love SketchUp. And then I got there, and I'm like, this is a lot more difficult than I thought. Uh, but I just trusted in my skills. I'm like, whatever, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And it turns out that figuring out really didn't take me that much time. Like I was stressed out about the beams. They got these weird, like 60, 60 degree cuts on them and stuff for the roof beams. Uh, what is the angle? What if I can't cut it with my saw? It was easy. I just, I just did it because I believed that I would come to the conclusion. You know, I was going to, I just had self belief in that. And it, the job honestly went, perfect except i had to hand dig 18 piers um, why uh ac- get mach- access machinery couldn't get in there yeah but it was just it was just cool how um, big is this cabana that you had to do 18 piers uh, well it was because i did flush beam i did like two by six joists because they wanted it um super low to the ground they wanted it one step okay. so i did flush beam uh because i used two by six i can only span like six feet yeah um so there was lots of little piers in there um I don't know if I use, I think I used 10 inch piers and 12 inch piers for it. Um, but there was a lot of piers just because I was using a two by six as a joist. So I couldn't, I couldn't span them. Just to keep it tight. To but the, um, yeah. that was one of those jobs where there was, it was my first job that had that much um, correspondence and redesigning and looking at the pictures of the backyard for months. This cool. was one of those jobs that came in when I was slow yeah. and it was for the spring, summer. I looked at the backyard so much. I redesigned it so many times. Um, we changed, we changed the project, you know, for, for the, that also was when the COVID material was, was real. It was like $118 a sheet for my, for my pressure treated. So that would have been like April, May, 2021. They were crazy. Um, so it's constantly like changing the design to work with their budget. Um, but I, I really liked that job because once I stepped on site, I mean, it was perfect. Like, when I walked away, when it was finally done, I'm like, wow, this is why I, I stepped away from the yeah. job that I had. 
it was it was amazing and um just a I'm not I'm not so active on Instagram anymore, but that one was crazy because it's by the pool and stuff. People really like seeing photos like that. Uh, just the likes. Like I guess there's the dopamine hit was crazy. Like every time I opened my phone, it was like 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 Micro Pro Sienna. Uh, they they've shared a lot of my projects. Um, yeah. That one they've featured a couple times. Um, but it was cool. It had a, a bar inside of it, and it's just super custom. That's why I liked it the most. Um, that would probably be my favorite. Where did it begin? The clients gave you just a sketch, like a rough um, idea of what they, they were did. The for? usual Pinterest photos. Okay. All and right. I'm like, okay, um, none of those are structurally sound. Um, and they obviously aren't carpenters or engineers or anything. And they, um, they wanted it open. And I'm like, you have to put a beam there. And she's like, oh, um, like, can we put like windows up top? And I'm like, no, I have to put the beam. And I have to, I had knee walls on top of the, the two by 10 beams. And then I had to, to sheet it. And the sheeting was what, what was keeping the, the knee wall all locked in. That's what kept the structure locked in. And, you know, they're like, can we put windows up there? And I'm like, listen, I know the ones on Pinterest look good, but trust me, I'm a carpenter. I know my structure. We have to build it like this. I don't, you know, it, maybe it's ugly to you, but number one is it has to be uh, structurally sound. Structurally safe and um, sound. There was a windstorm in December that blew through that was like, I, th- oh, I could be wrong, but like 90 kilometer gusts. And that was the, f- that was the only project that I've built. And I was like, cause um, I follow uh, RR buildings. He builds yep. these huge post frames. And uh, I know that he talked about leaving the job site and he'd be, you know, in bed. I think all framers do it actually when it's windy and you're like, Oh, I wonder if it's still there. What's it going to be like when I show up back? Yeah. Um, so during that windstorm, I'm like, thank God. I just made sure that that thing was structurally sound. I went absolutely insane on my Simpson hardware. Um, I did hurricane ties. I did everything. You know, the clients were like, well, it's kind of ugly. I don't really like those things. And I'm like stronger than your house right now. Yeah. So, um, no, it, it turned out really good. And, uh, then no, so far it's going to happen. No callbacks on any job I've ever done. I know they're going to come, especially when I get into the exterior, more exterior jobs. I know, I know they're coming, but, uh, so yeah, they're just bigger and better after that. Yeah. What did you clad that one with? I actually clouded it with, um, fence boards. Really? Yeah. Just uh pressure PT? treated. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. No, it looked really good. And I actually adverted a huge crisis on that one. Because I did aluminum um, soffit and fascia, black. Yeah. And I didn't know, thankfully, my friend Nigel, who owns his own um, custom home building company. Chemical? Uh, his name is Nigel Greenham. Yeah. Uh, he's local to me. He said, hey, man, don't put that aluminum against that pressure treated. And I had no idea. He's like, you got to wrap it with a Tyvek or you got to sheet it with a quarter inch plywood because it will react with it. Yep. And I didn't even think about it because I think he might have wrapped a post once with flashing and then it, it, uh, it reacts, the yeah. copper reacts. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. So before that I had, I wrapped everything in, in Tyvek. It looked terrible. It looked terrible. But then, so that's how I got around that, the pressure treated and the, um, aluminum, uh, it worked out, but I, I hope that, uh, I hope everyone knows that, that you can't just put, uh, stuff in. Well, there's a lot. I mean, there's certain trades that are very familiar with what is or what isn't. Yeah. And that's when you go back to, uh, class high school and learn the basics but there is some reaction right yeah i never careful. even thought about that one um i love that roofers taught me um there's a reason why every course of cedar shakes on a roof has a run of copper on it 
it's to prevent from any of the moss and the, any kind of um, uh, plant material growing on the cedar. Oh, wow. Yeah, that copper will prevent that. Did not know happening. that. Yeah, so that's why sometimes you'll see these really beautiful yeah. cedar shake roofs, and there's like these strips, and the valleys are always copper. And then there's strips uh, at like just at one. I think it's like every six or seven courses. I did not know that. Yeah, so it's 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 more expensive, but then it kind of keeps that cedar a lot longer. Yeah, didn't know that. Um, the only thing with that cabana was it was all pressure treated, open. They wanted to see it's not timber frame, but they wanted to see the exposed rafters, which meant I'm like, oh, it's pressure treated. That's not that pretty to look at. And I originally planned on doing like a tongue and groove or a shiplap ceiling and then and painting it, but they wanted to see the rafters. And then I'm like, you're going to see the stamps on the underneath of the sheeting. Yeah. Which didn't look that great. Uh-huh. Um, so next time I do a cabana, I'll probably just be like, it's going to get either, um, I guess we could do cedar or maybe a hemlock. Like, I just, I don't want to do that again with uh, the exposed pressure treated, seeing the no, stamps and, and all that stuff. Yeah, normally you would just put the T&G on, on it first and then put the sheathing and then, then put whatever uh, roofing material you want to put on top of that. Did she ask you to paint the hurricane tines mm-hmm. black? No, but I was ready for it. <laughs> I would have painted them black. I was ready for it. I know. I'll get her on the next one. No, because it, w- it would look pretty sharp if it's all like, everything's exposed there, and then you got the hangers, yeah. you got the hurricane ties, just paint them black. But well, as soon as I did the sheeting, I, I hopped down and looked up, and I'm like, those stamps are going to be a problem. But they weren't. Okay, so that's good, man. Um, a little bit of OBC talk. You ready for some OBC oh, talk? Always. Uh, insulation. All walls, ceilings, and floors separating heated space from unheated space. The exterior air or the exterior soil must have thermal installation. Is that right? All wall ceilings. Yeah, so basically you have to have insulation in all those cavities there. Yeah. Separate, yeah. Insulation is uh, contact with the ground, shall be inert to the action of the soil and water so that its uh, properties are not reduced by moisture. So insulation underneath concrete when you're building the bottom of a cabana. Uh, insulation must be installed reasonably uniform that's right we don't smash it in and just crush it you have to leave it all fluffy over the entire face of the insulation area insulation must be applied to the full width of the length of the space between that's right you got to cut it nice and snug if insulation is exposed to the weather it must be protected by six mil poly we know that asbestos cement board we know that six mil preservative treated plywood yes 12 mil cement parging or wire lath yeah Insulation and vapor barrier must otherwise be protected by a covering such as gypsum board, fire rating. Yeah, so plywood, plywood's not fire rated though. Particle, OSB, wafer, or hardboard. I guess no. There's lots of rules that are different because if it's insulation which is just bat, you could put all those materials on there. But if it's spray foam, you have to have a minimum gypsum has to be there. You can't use plywood because it goes against the OBC at that point. Uh, unfinished basements, mineral fiber insulation does not require protection if it is covered by it. Yeah, so they have that rollout pack. That's it, man. Where do you want to go from here, Scott? Where do we want to go from here? You're driving GMC. I'm driving, well, GM, yeah. Yeah, GM. Silverado. What, they don't say GMC anymore? No, they don't, no? No, it's a Silverado, it's a Chevy. So it's a Chevy, that's why they say yeah. GM. So it's, a, technically, it's fine. Technically, it's a Chevy. I'm not I'm not going to like fight anyone over that, but <laughs> I definitely told them at the dealership, it's bow tie or nothing. Okay. And I know that they're the same. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that's a mandatory. That's it. It had to be. Yeah, mandatory. it's just my dad had a Chevy growing up, and then I'm just like, I'll, I'll die driving a Chevy, <laughs> or electric one probably. But <laughs> Are they even working on one? 
GM, I would imagine. GM hasn't made any noise whatsoever. A truck. Hmm. They I haven't imagine. even come out with a van. They still driving around with their. Uh, do they still? They still make the Savannah vans, no? The yeah, the ex- I think they're called ex- are they Express. Called it Express now. Express. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I joke with Carlito. I call it a safari. <laughs> Remember those little <laughs> minivans yeah. from the eighties? Uh, yeah, when I used to frame houses, that was one of our uh, work vans. Hey, when I got started in the industry, I was driving around a Honda Element, man. Oh yeah, because yeah. of my dogs, right? It just it was great for dogs. It was crappy for construction, but it was great for dogs. But that's what I was driving around. I had stone in there. Like, like I had eight foot long limestone sill stones in there. I built a little platform because it wasn't smooth and I didn't want it to crack. <laughs> I had all kinds of hardwood flooring in there. It was very transformable. It was butt-ass ugly, though. It, yeah. it Four-cylinder crappy. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's where I got started. Yeah, in. my boss had uh, it was a Safari and uh, an Astro, which I think oh, is yeah, the Chevy. Oh, yeah, Astro, oh, yes. God, used to bounce all over the place. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> At the time, I'm like, these things are embarrassing. But then from the business side of things, you know, he didn't advertise or anything like that. He didn't care. He just wanted it. It got into condos, man. It got like you had a six foot ladder. You could put it in there. You had all your tools in there on a cart. It it, it worked for condo work. That's why it was it was very practical. Yeah. And trucks are I know um, I know in the GTA, there's probably a lot of vans. I know their trucks and trailers probably aren't really a thing. In the actual city, I'd imagine it'd just be a nightmare. It's mostly vans. Yeah. Like whenever I was doing anything in the city there, yeah, you'd have everybody roll it up at vans. Not maybe sense. one person with a trailer. Yeah, it one. makes sense. And where am I going to park? Mm, yeah. you, you brought a trailer, man. Like I don't really know where to park now. Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm lucky where I live. We can do it. Yeah, I got a 14-foot trailer, though. Uh, it's 16 from the tongue to the end. That's like my limit where I can park in front of people's homes in front of the grass or whatever yeah any bigger is a problem and i want a bigger one i want like an eight by 18 but you ask anyone with one of those you can't park it anywhere can't fit it anywhere no because i can still fit inside like two spaces long ways in in a parking lot so it works for you yeah but yeah no no problems with uh with the chevrolet um i've had it for four and a half years now and no problems so that's good um i was gonna say we could probably do the bone to pick that's actually a good one. Yeah. What's What's the latest thing that you want to discuss? Well, there's lots, but it's it's so simple. My bone to pick is just the simple stuff, like because my uh, most of my experience comes from framing. Something that really bothered me was the nails that missed, like in the sheathing or in the in the headers. Like, I I'll die before I walk away and there's nails flying everywhere through the sheeting and not into a stud. It's just it's something that. It's just maybe I'm OCD about, but it's something so simple. Can you not just, like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with missing, but can you pop the nail out, especially in the headers? Like, there's nails so flying true. everywhere. It so just true. looks so bad. I know. It looks Mickey Mouse, man. It's all the small stuff, the paper flapping, paper upside down, like that stuff. Oh, the drives, Tyvek? Yeah. That stuff drives me crazy. The sales. I know. They're all pirates at that point. I get <laughs> it. I don't understand it. Uh, and just messy, messy job site. It's just so simple, the stuff that bothers me. Um, uh, flooring protection, people walking around in homes, and they don't they, they keep their boots on with mud on their boots, walking right up the stairs. Absolute Listen, savages. If the day starts and you know it's raining and you're going to a job site and there's no driveway, there's no gravel, there's no nothing, you're bringing a second pair, man. You have to. 
and walk it up, take off the mud, and then put on a clean one and go inside. It's there's savages out there. Um, I have a it's not a crazy story, but I was doing a house this uh, March and I was doing the trim and there was a painter coming and the flooring was already in there and I was like obsessive about the flooring protection. The guy had ovens in there. I was I covered everything. The painter comes in with uh, there's snow snow on his boots. Walks in, goes, "Is there any beer in the fridge?" That was his first words to me, and I'm like, "I uh, don't know. Didn't look." Interview's over. Yeah. So <laughs> he opens the fridge. He said, "No, I guess not." Keeps his boots on. Um, he's like, "Oh, hang on. I'm just gonna have a smoke." Has a smoke. Goes to his van. Grabs his uh, paint. Brings the paint in. Still has his boots on. Sets it down on the floor and slides the paint over the floor to the staircase because he was working upstairs, and I just stared at him in shock. Like, I think my mouth might have been open. Wow. And I was just like, if I this guy probably won't even acknowledge anything I'm about to tell him. So I just just walked away, and I was like, wow. You didn't hire him. That's not yours. It's not. Uh, No, it was one of those cash deals, I think. Wow. Yeah, I did not hire him. Did he know how to paint? Like, was he a good painter? Um, he seemed, he seemed like he knew, um, I wasn't there for the, the end, but I do know he had a problem when he's like, Hey, I need all these doors off uh, to paint. I want all the doors off. Yeah. You have a drill. You take them off. I'm like, uh, I'm just doing, uh, the homeowner had done the, hung his own doors and did his own casing and baseboard. And I was there to redo the casing and the baseboard. So I didn't hang the doors, and I'm like, I'm a nice person, and I feel like usually I would have taken all the doors off for him, but at this point in my life, I'm just so tired of people take advantage of me for being so kind. And I'm just like, no, I'm not taking the doors off. You can take the doors off. And he said, they're going to stay in. This was priced to spray. And then that's when I'm like, yep, here's another bone to pick right there. This was priced to spray, he says. I'm like, price to spray. Did, did you not come in here? Like, so did you not mask everything down? Did you not put protection down before you slid everything? Did you? So I don't understand this, man. I don't understand. It's their responsibility. It's their yeah. scope. It doesn't fall on somebody Absolute else's. savages. Wow. Um, that's, uh, yeah, my biggest thing is that's just the small stuff. Just a lack of respect. Yeah. Lack of respect of what's been done already, what needs to be done. That's all it is. Everyone's just got their blinders on. They just go in. They just take care of the scope and they get out. It does make me feel good, though, because I know the service that I provide. Um, I did I did a, uh, a mudroom bench for a client this, this summer, and she had just got a fence done and a deck right before I started. And uh, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, but I have to look at the work. I'm like, I'm like, I have to. And I, I was like, I'm going to just, I don't want to talk bad on the other. Like, I already knew that it probably wasn't going to be that good. And uh, cigarette butts everywhere. All over the floor? All the over the grass. And she's like, yeah, I was a bit upset. Um, didn't speak up? Didn't say anything? She thought they were coming back. Cigarette butts everywhere. Tim Horton's cups. Uh, what else did they do? They left. Now this this might be me being a bit too crazy. They left a bunch of sawdust in the driveway. Like I no. don't know. Like uh, Tim Horton cuts, but they bug me a lot because yeah. you're not sure if they finished it. Are they going to take it? And they'll just leave it. Then their day is done. They're gone. You're like, oh, I guess you guys aren't going to take it then. So now it's my responsibility. That bothered me more than the work that they so, did. So what I normally have done, and I always, I still do it, is just if I see a cup and it's just nobody's attended it, I throw it out. I don't give a shit yeah. if it's half or full or whatever. I throw it out. 
if you're drinking coffee, drink coffee, man. Make it beside of you, like it's next to you. It's man. the best when you're in a house when the tapers are there, because usually every windowsill is full of coffee cups and energy <laughs> drinks. They're the yeah. worst, but I don't yeah. want to get into that. <laughs> I want to ask you, Scott, if you were to hire somebody, what are you looking for? I guess I would have to look for someone that reminded me of myself when I was young, but they don't have to be young. Um, I guess it's just the, um, there's a willingness, a willing, willingness to learn, but I would be looking for someone that if they were experienced, that they were open to changing what they, you know, if you have someone that's experienced, they're going to come in with their ways. You've heard it probably yeah. a million times. Yeah. Just someone that's open to, you know, maybe trying out a different way. Um, but you know what? I, if they had a way, I would definitely try that method out as well, although I wouldn't instantly dismiss it. I know it's my brand. You know, this is the way that I do it. But, you know, I would definitely be open to, to learning their way too. But, you know, you would obviously, you'd have to have a pretty good talk with them um, to see, you know, what, what they wanted. But a sit-down isn't, it's not always the best thing because people can talk their game. I agree with you. I think it's always better just to get on the job site. And I've done that. I think every single interview, or if I want to talk to somebody, I was just like, listen, here, come by the job site. Let's just walk through it and just have a conversation. Yeah. Then you can already assess everything from that point, right? How they walk around the job site, how they discuss things with you, how they look at the job site, if they're respectful of the job site. So you kind of just answer yeah, a bunch of I questions. I mean, it's probably pretty generic with a lot of people that answer that question. Like, you know, they, they have to, they have to want to learn. But um, I think I would just look at them as if they were me. Um, I probably would be able to get a good feel of um, their intentions because I know the way that I would show up to an interview. Yeah. Um, but there's probably only one of me walking around, so i got to be careful with that too. But it's going to be slightly different if it's a brand-new kid right out of school. Versus, well, that would be the best. I think right? that's always the but best. But if it's like you 10 years or 15 years down the line and then somebody else is in their 40s making a different move or something. Yeah. Different ball game, right? Yeah. Um, I think I'd have to be open, though. Um, again, I would be. It would be my brand, but still, I just, I just don't want to be um, linear. I don't want to say it's my way, or that's the end all. You know, I'd like to. I'd like to. Because um, you want to learn too. Exactly, and I always will be learning. Yes. Um, that's why, like, when people make mistakes, um, I'm acknowledge that I make mistakes all the time too. It's just, you know, how, how are we going to go from there? Um, and I've, I found out that not everyone handles making mistakes like I do. I own up to it, uh, very rapidly. And I, um, I think that's just being humble. I think that's being mature. Um, majority of people would just try to distance themselves from it. Um, or distance themselves from a solution. Oh, they would get protective. Um, they would get standoffish. Um, they would argue. Um, but I, I would just be, I guess it's trial and error too. I mean, you Every could probably spend, you yeah. could probably spend two months interviewing people. I mean, I guess you just have to take a chance on people. Um, I haven't had my first interview yet though, so. But it's coming. You know that's going to happen. Yeah. It has to happen eventually yeah. one day, right? Yeah. So it's like just prepare yourself for it. T t take a, take a chance on someone. Um, give them the benefit of the doubt, but also if if it don't work out, then you know you just so got to keep like going. Don't try to make it work out if you know that it's not going to work out. Yeah. Right. So. But also, um, 
if I have an employee, I want them to be their own entity. You know, I don't want them just like me. They, they, you know, cause I want it to be fun. Bring something to the table. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Young, definitely a young person would, would be the best. How were you when you first got onto the union? The union. Um, I, well, I was deaf. I would, I could say this, that I was almost scared because the job sites, I went from residential framing houses to big commercial job sites. That's a big step. It was totally different. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, my first foreman said, uh, you come from residential, take everything you know and throw it out and take that tape measure and throw it out too. We use metric here. <laughs> um, it was wild. Um, but I did go to, I did go to trade school. So I did, I did, um, I did know a lot of the stuff like doing the footings and the, the squaring and a lot of the, the form work. Um, but I didn't do it hands on. It was just that school. And then when I got into the carpenters union, I already, I'd already had, um, quite a bit of experience, uh, 10 years experience or something already. It was actually very hard for me to go from residential to the union because uh, it was commercial. It's like, it is totally different. Um, but um, I definitely got along with uh, a lot of the guys because of the work, the work ethic. Yeah. Uh, which ended up leading to my, uh, me leaving the, the carpenters union because I realized that I stood out because of my work ethic. Um, and I don't want to stereotype everyone in the carpenters union, but they, they seen like, oh, this guy, this guy can do it. Why do we have to figure it out? We know Scott's going to do it. We know that he has, um, we know that he has good work ethic. So a lot, a lot of them were like, oh, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. And then I was getting really upset because I seen a lot of the people that I was working with, they didn't want to work hard. You know, they were just, they Punching were, the clock. they were dogging it. Yeah. Um, but um, I was, I was, I was really excited when I when I got into the Carpenters Union. Uh, well, it's great money, um, but I just wanted to do a different something different because I'd framed houses for so long that I, I wanted subdivision houses. Subdivision houses, yeah. Okay. Um, and the same builder, I worked for the same builder, the same like four models. My my foreman at the time didn't even need the plan because we were doing the same house every time. Um, you guys are just all yelling at each other going, which model is this? <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. Let's go. Um, yeah. but when I got into the carpenters union, I was super excited because I'm like, I'm going to be doing all this crazy carpentry in the, the office or, uh, I don't even know what it's called anymore. Where I go pay my dues. They had all these block planes and chisels and all this stuff. And I got super excited. And then every day I'd be like, when do I get to use the block plane? It was like a big joke. And then my friend said, if you want to, if you wanted to do carpentry, join the wrong union, <laughs> which was a pretty, it was a pretty good one. Uh, but again, the, the union is, um, if that's your thing, then that's your thing. I follow someone, uh, from the States from Cal I think California and he's like into bridge construction. Oh, wow. Yeah. His name is Manny. I think actually. Is it? Yeah. There's a few, but it just, it's, it's, pr it's just not my thing. Um, I'm just, uh, I want to do my woodworking and my carpentry. But again, I'm really glad that I was in the carpentry. Yeah, I was just about to say, you don't regret any of that time No, there. I don't. I don't because I learned so much. I learned so much about rebar. Like, they always used to make fun. Like, I didn't know how to tie rebar. It was it was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, but now there's a tool to do it. Oh, no. I don't like it. <laughs> um, a tool to do it now. Yeah. So, I mean, would you tell the young guys to still go ahead and just give? the high rise a, a shot and do that for a little while before getting into Yeah, it. I think so. Cause that might be their thing. Yeah. They you might, never know. Yeah. They might, they might like that. Um, 
it's pretty crazy because um, they get those periforms, those metal forms, they go up pretty, pretty tall. Uh, my first big job, I think they're 18 foot piers and they're like, uh, I had the harness where you actually like clip the lanyard to the front of it. And I'm like, oh, I've never actually seen this in, in real life because you have to hang off the, you have to hang off it as you work. And I'm like, this is crazy. That stuff's wow. exciting. Yeah. But they, they didn't let me do it though. Cause it's a uh, high risk. And you're doing each floor, each floor every yeah. time over and over. I never got into like the suspended slabs, like the, the, I never did the floors. Thank thankfully. Cause, uh, that stuff's pretty dangerous, especially when you're stripping them. It's pretty wild. But, um, Especially in the seasonal when it gets colder. Yeah. Oh, it's, and that was another thing. I was spending most of my most of my time in the carpenters union. I was doing hoarding, like the insulated tarps. Like, I wasn't even thankful to be working. I'm like, this is not what I was meant to do. I don't these tarps. Is, I don't want to be a tarpenter. You a know, tarpenter. Like, I don't want to just be doing tarps. <laughs> is that an actual term? Like you guys were talking about it? Yeah. I, I heard. I didn't make it up. No, no. I'm sure a tarp. But um, man. again, I'm just like I know. I'm not. I'm not going to be the best carpenter by staying in the carpenters union. You know, I have to be doing my own thing. Passion was elsewhere. Yeah. I'm, and again, I'm glad, uh, I'm thankful for everything. How many years did you do the resi before you got into the high rise? And then how many years were you doing the high rise before you took off? Well, I, I barely even got into the high rise to be honest with you, because I was only, I only got into the carpenters union in 2018 and I quit in 2020. Oh, wow. Well, that's still some time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was, um, I started framing houses in 07 and I left in 2018, basically. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time, but it, it was that you'd think I'm some kind of master framer. I literally worked for the same builder and did the same like four models. So it like stunted my growth. Where if I went and worked with one of my friends and, um, that does custom homes, I was like, they weren't using the same products. Like it really stunted me. Um, so it'd be like a lift, crack it. Oh, wall. the same numbers. Like the garage walls were the same. We'd know all the measurements, all the elevations. And you lasted that long? Yeah, because I, I never was late. I was never laid off once. I always had work. Uh, didn't necessarily make much money, um, but my boss was great. I loved the guys I worked with. I showed up every day. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad I got out of that just because... Um, we weren't even doing our own measurements anymore. We already just knew them all. That's not good for the brain. Would you? No, it's not. Would you show up on the job site and just kind of get an overall view of the whole job site and going, okay, we got 350 of these houses to build. There's four different models. Yeah, it was, I was also, I was never the foreman. I was always the secondhand man. So that was almost, that wasn't good, I don't think. Because now I'm like on super autopilot. Yeah. Because if anything crazy happened, I'd, Oh, I don't have to figure it out. What were you swinging there? What kind of hammer were you using then? And uh, you using I was actually a Stanley ant anti vibe. I think it was called. It was so small. I didn't get the S wing. I got the Stanley. Yeah. And uh, my first day, I'm like, wow, what is that hammer? It's when the T bone first gear. I think it's actually called the tie bone. The way that Mark actually the stiletto. Yeah. The titanium one. Yeah. Um, it's actually called tie bone. A lot of people call them T bones, but. He had one of those, and then I eventually got one of those, and then I used it for, like, eight years straight, probably. And then it broke when I was doing form work because those things can't handle forms. It's too hard. Yeah, so it was the, the I called them the T-bone. We used that. Um, never really got a good tool belt until I started my own business, though. 
Like I, I looked at Occidentals for probably seven years and I'm like, oh, it's too expensive. It's too expensive. How much are they? Hmm. I think that they would probably be around like $450, I think. Wow, man. Yeah. Uh, I got one and I'm like, ah, there's a diamond back out here. I want that one. <laughs> so now I have the diamond back. <laughs> Is it much better? I love it. Yeah. Uh, I went from wearing the suspenders to not needing them because the Diamondback belt, six inches, it's like a weightlifting belt. Yeah. And you wear it above your, like, high, it's way up. It's not on your... It's so not, you got no center pain going on. Yeah, right. yeah, it's great. I love it. The thing is, now I do mostly finished carpentry, and I didn't wear my tool belt for, like, six months straight. She's just tape measure and pencil. That's it? And square in the back pocket that would always uh, scratch a wall or a door. Don't do that. It's plastic square. No, you can't use plastic square. Yeah, barely used my tool belt at all this year. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but another thing is I did go to trade school, and um, it's came in very handy, especially on my current project where I'm doing all the layout. I used a plumb bob for the first time. Yeah, this is like, why is everybody bringing that up so much, man? It's <laughs> the first time I've done it ever, wow. I think. And I learned that stuff uh, when I went to, to trade school. I still have one somewhere. I just don't know where it I, is. I had to find it. <sighs> I had to find it, and I'm like, wow, I actually have not used this. I need to find it. I really <laughs> need to find it. Put it on the table here. And my friend my <laughs> friend came, and he's like, what is this from the med- medieval times? And I'm like. Did you finish the pyramids with this thing? What's yeah, going on, man? Um, <laughs> but I I learned the old school way, getting into framing. Like So I the strings, and there's no lasers and, and stuff like that. Now, I wasn't quite at the time where I hand-nailed everything. We had the pass loads. Uh, but I, d- so I do know how to do everything the original way, like the bird's mouse and the rafters Which and stuff like that. It's really good that you know how to do it. It is really good. So yeah. definitely that's important. Yeah. You have to know how to do it without the technology. Uh, I actually use, um, there's some software. It's a website for doing stairs that like maps out uh, a plan of your stairs. It figures out everything for you. I use that, but then I'm like, the, what if, what if I didn't have this? I still, you know, can do it manually with the square. Uh, but so I think that with the technology, uh, it's best to actually know how to do it. Like, I guess you could say analog, like the real way with the strings vinyl. and the levels. Vinyl. Yeah, vinyl. No, it's, it's, it's good to know that, right? Yeah, because you can be too um, trapped into the technology. Yeah, and you'll be stuck on it. Yeah. It's so true. I, I want to ask you on the high rise there, if they're always using metric, what's a two by four? 38 a 38 by 89. Really? So yeah. they're all just wrapping off 38 by... Really? Yeah. Doesn't roll off the top. Well, the you know way. what, though? We don't... They don't actually talk like that. He'll say two by four. Of course. But yeah. on the plans, everything is... It's written is, that way. It's metric, yeah. Yeah. But I use both. Now that I do mostly finished uh, carpentry... Um, Are you finding that you're using the metric? Oh, yeah. Really? I have a Stabila um, a measuring... Like a ruler. A folding ruler. Yeah. And yeah. it's metric. I use that the most... Uh, I do like using metric for um, for any finished carpentry. Good for you that you're going down that road. Yeah. I made an effort by getting a tape measure with both of them, and I just yeah. never stuck to metric. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. for If you said 75 square meters, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me share a little bit of uh, Green Book talk here, talking about asbestos. Demolition of anything can only occur when all asbestos-containing material that may be distributed during the work has been removed. So we know now, well, I don't know how it is around your neck of the woods, but in Toronto, it's mandatory now. We have to test the houses depending on a certain age. 
And uh, recently you start finding out that you have to test a lead paint because you can't mechanically cut that. People come yeah. in with a reciprocating saw and start chopping it up. And now you're airborning uh, lead paint, which you could breathe in and it becomes just as hazardous as breathing in uh, asbestos, right? Uh, mater- material containing 0.1% or more asbestos by dry weight cannot be installed or by spraying or as thermal insulation. Liquid sealant cannot be applied to asbestos-containing material if it is visible, deteriorating, or the material strength adhesion is not enough to support the weight of the sealant. You know that asbestos products were still used up until the late 90s? No, Because the not. government of Canada, I'm not speaking for the U.S., but the government of Canada allowed companies that still had stock to sell it. Really? Get rid of it. They already knew that it was dangerous, but let's. You guys. Yeah, they wanted to get. Yeah, so they didn't have to dispose of it. A respirator must be supplied by the employer when asbestos containing material. I mean, I go even further than that because you got to start bringing in the boys to do that. Uh, HEPA filters, like there's a bunch of things, and everyone's just got to be cautious of all this stuff. This is very serious stuff, and it's not stuff that you'll get sick now. You'll get sick later, and when you're retired and you want some happy years, that's what's going to happen, man. Yeah, I've tried to be better. Uh, hearing protection. I'm like I oh. wear hearing. Prote- I wear my isotunes every single day. I'm working. Uh, now I know I've already been damaged from the other years where I wasn't wearing them, but I make sure that I wear my my hearing protection. And I get laughed at often. I got uh, one of those razor uh, dust masks. Actually, a Diamondback one. People are like, "What are you doing? You're wearing it to like laugh at me." You're wearing a dust mask. You're cutting pressure treated. I, I love know? the earring protection, dude. Yeah. Like I totally, especially when you, other trades are hammering away with some hard, like serious sounds. Yeah, and it, it's getting so good where the ones that I have, they actually have a microphone in them. So before, like the first generation ones, you just couldn't hear. Someone could be right beside oh, I you. Know. And I now, know. now you can turn them up. So you can like, I can hear a dog. It actually amplifies. I'll hear the wind blowing and then I'll just turn them down and no wind, no dogs barking. <laughs> I can just, that's yeah, good. <laughs> Um, I always wear my eye protection. I've been to the hospital once, um, for not wearing. So, and that's another thing, not necessarily don't get made fun of, but to see a framer walking around with like clear safety glasses is, it's pretty rare, uh, in residential anyway. Amber, no, or no, or no. It's usually just sunglasses or nothing from everyone that I know. Yeah. It's not that common. I mean, but I also haven't been framing like production framing in, uh, like five years. So. Maybe people are getting better with the... I thought I was always... Uh, well, I mean, a lot of the Eastern European framers that I know, they don't even wear any eye protection at all, right? Uh, so it's just like they're just so used to and it. And then right? you go to New Zealand and Australia, and they've all got the big earmuffs. Yes. They wear them on their... Like, it's just... They're Standard. so much better with that stuff, I know. yeah. Um, what else am I good at? But a lot of the safety, the good safety stuff is coming from Europe. Yeah. Right? It's just got to get filtered here. I, I, I'm, I try my best with cutting MDF. I try and wear my mask, but it, it does. I always cut outside too, and I'm always hooked up to my dust extractor. But if I'm doing a bunch of cuts, I will throw my, my mask on, especially if I'm going through the table saw with the MDF. Because, you know, as much as I want to work with real wood and only real wood, um, you can't climb will not always. No. Yeah. So I'm trying to protect myself because I know I might not retire until I'm really old. So I'm trying to the dust is the dust and the hearing protection. I'm I'm very on. MDF's it. really bad, and yeah. I mean the worst thing is that you blow your nose and it's just all brown. You're yeah. like, wait a minute, like is that just in your nose now? But I'm lucky because most because of the technology now that I'm I'm catching it early. You know, I'm I'm wearing this stuff early in my career, whereas a lot of the you know the the old timers, quote unquote, you know, it just there wasn't no one even no one knew. Well, that's. 
that's the excuse that they use now, but it, it shouldn't stop them from educating anybody that they see on a job site. Yeah. Like I've always, if I see it, I, I'll, I'll talk to them. I'll always talk to them. Right. Yeah. And like, it's like, you don't, I know that you're young and I know that you have super hearing and I know that you're fine. You don't need, I, I get it. I understand all this shit, but there'll come a time in your forties and fifties and that impact sound, that breaker SDS or something, is just going to be so high pitched and damaging. Yeah. That's not the tool doing that. That's the damage to your ear that's doing that. Yeah. So it's really important just to keep it, right? Yes, sir. Now, man, uh, you ready for the 12 questions? I think we're close to wrapping it up. Bless I'm you. ready. <laughs> it's been good having you on the show, man. Yeah, it's been great to finally be Honestly, here. Honestly, such a humble person, man. And you got a lot of, like, you got to, I, I want you to see, I, I want you to Scott expand. You know what I'm saying? So they expand. Yeah. I don't want you to like, I don't see you being a massive company. I think you're just going to always want to hang on to that, yeah. uh, that quality. Right. But I definitely see you as being a teacher wanting to hand off and learn and bring other players into the game as well too. Yeah. Right. I try to just be really honest. Um, because especially with social media, like I just wanted to, you know, to, to speak and be like, it, it, it is really hard. Um, to be a solo run construction company. Very hard, man. It is, but um, you know, I'm I'm here and I'm doing it and I, I would I would like I don't regret it. I just it, it it I just wanted to say like it it is very hard and I don't want like an extra pat on the back. It's just please anyone that that, that wants to make the leap to do it, but just to to you know, stay true, trust trust yourself, trust the process and just be prepared. If that voice is speaking to you, listen to it yeah um but that's just something like um it's just having humility and uh i just i just i really struggled with with surviving this long but you made it but i'd rather speak a lot of people would be like they would never say that you know what i mean they'd have too much of an ego that's and i'm not sinking i'm not sinking by the way i'm no. doing great right no, now no, you're doing well <laughs> everything's working out great right the well, only thing i would say is spend a little bit of time with the significant other that's all or make a little bit of time yeah. for the significant other, right? But don't take couples therapy from me, man. Don't worry. Or or Carlito. Okay. Definitely don't take it from Carlito. What is your favorite construction word, Scott? Approved. Approved. What is your least favorite construction word? Out. So that's one word, and that's blowout, out of plumb, or out of level. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that. What turns you on in construction? Um, straight lines and symmetry. What turns you off? It's uh, I actually talked about it earlier. It's just it's the small stuff. It's the the nails missing the 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 stud. It's the the Dirty paper that's flapping. Yeah. yeah, that it's and just cleanliness, the job site. Just laziness. What's your favorite curse word? We haven't even been swearing, so it's up to you. What's my favorite curse word? There's a few in construction. Yeah, I heard it on the Sopranos, but I don't know if it's actually real. So what's that? It uh, says bukiak. Yeah, it's the C word in Italian, apparently. But it doesn't, that was from Sopranos. I think I, I don't know. I got to look that one up. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. No, no, I got to look that one up. What is your favorite vehicle? Anything, anything in the world. Duramax. Yeah. Atlas and Transmission, yeah. What's your least favorite? I think it's called like a Gladiator. It's a Jeep. It's like those half truck things or Avalanche. I want just or just be a truck or don't my be a truck. My sister in law bought one of those recently. Yeah. I was like, I'm proud. I'm a proud truck driver. Like, but that's not a truck. I know. I don't I think it's a truck. I, I think it's a Jeep with makes uh, me upset. With a little 
cargo baggage thing or something. It's not a truck. It's just <laughs> to take your DeWalt tools home. And yeah, this is exactly what it is. <laughs> what is your uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? Uh, brushless tools, actually. Yeah. Because I didn't have the brushless because they were expensive, and then I bought the brushless ones, and I'm like, I really like the sound of these. What'd you do with all the brush? I still got them. Still have them. And I got all my corded stuff too. I got corded and cordless. Kids won't touch the corded. Yeah, but they're just so much better. Yeah, I know. They are. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Uh, it's just generator slash air compressor. It's so annoying. I haven't heard it in a long time because I don't have to hear it. But <laughs> What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, professional golfer, if we can pick that, because that was my of first. Uh, we could pick anything in the world. You still it. golf? I golfed two weeks ago. I golf once a year now since I started my business, but it used to, it was you my need first to, love. to uh, pump up those numbers. Yeah, man. it was my, it was my first love for sure. I yeah. was like scratch golfer shooting some rounds under par when I was a teenager. Yeah. But wow. I'm not bitter about it anymore. No. Right. What profession would you not like to do? Uh, I don't, uh, was it parking official? Whatever those people are that go around and write tickets. Oh, a meter. A, yeah. A rent a cop or whatever. Dumb people. Yeah. They're people. I've never yelled at them. Yeah, I don't either, but I just don't, I, w I don't want to do it. I've gotten away from not getting a ticket because they had to still write it, and then I got into the Yeah, car. you just put your four ways on. That's it, just gone. Uh, last question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates, Scott? Batteries are all charged and ready to go. <laughs> Everybody, check them out. Scott Sauvé. That's it. Sauve Construction, and it's SauveCreates.com, which is spelled S-A-U-V-E, creates.com, and it's Scott at SauveCreates.com. And Scott, thank you so much for being on the thank show you. and taking the trek out here, man. Oh, Pleasure yeah. to finally meet. We've spoken so many times, but never yeah. meet. And it's, uh, I, I like that the show is allowing me to meet so many people and have conversations. Yeah, no, it's good. We great. wouldn't normally have, right? So, yeah. Oh, dude, I just I wanted to make sure that when I came on here, I wasn't... Um, I just wanted to be real. I didn't want to. That you certainly are, Like, you man. know, oh, I'm super successful and all that stuff. Like, I just wanted to show that, um, y like, you can do it. You can start your own business. Uh, and it's going to be tough, but you can get through it. Because I've, I've had so many nights where I'm like, I don't I don't think I'm going to be out of business. I think I'm going to be out of business. And I just I just trusted myself. And I had, I had a support group, which does help. But, uh, and I'm not, like, now I don't even honestly... Now I know I'm not going to go out of business because I know the value that I bring and uh, not discounting yourself also is really important. Um, now I just, I, when I send my estimate, I just, I don't even hesitate now because I know that I'm worth it. Um, Self-doubt is very, very punishing. So people need to uh, believe in them, try and believe in themselves a little bit more because you know that you, you can do it and I'm, I'm doing it. It's been tough, but it's but been look, great to be here. But looking back, Scott, would you have wanted easy? No, no, like no, 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 no. It's like any true tradesperson don't don't want it to be easy, man. It's got to be some. It can't be. No, it's got to be. It, yeah. There's got to be challenges. There's got to be hardships, man. It's like throw throw yourself into the fire and let it forge you. That's another one. I'll get. I'm gonna end on that one. I think. Nice, nice, man. Here we go. Thank man. you very much. Scott. Thank you. We are out of here. Thank you, Angelina.